TorahCafe.com. It is possible to simply perform a mitzvah. One can also go out of his or her way to beautify the mitzvah. Yet a third level involves going above and beyond the call of duty, even to the point of self-sacrifice, prioritizing the mitzvah, and every detail of its fulfillment. Many holiday stories recount miracles, salvations, and wonders. These three occurrences also correspond to three levels. Nature, beyond nature, and the illumination of nature. We now turn to Mrs. Leah Abraham, who will offer explication into the holiday of Hanukkah, the inner dimensions of miracles, light, and oil, and three paths to discover and reveal godliness. Okay, today's class is about Hanukkah. And we start off with a story from the Talmud with Reb Hanina ben Daisa. Reb Hanina ben Daisa was a wise sage, albeit a very poor one. One Friday afternoon, he came home to see his daughter in tears. He walked over to his daughter and asked her what was the matter. And she told him that instead of pouring oil into the lamps for Shabbat candles, she had actually poured vinegar because they were too poor to afford anything else. He was not fazed by this. He turned to her and said, He who makes oil burn will make vinegar burn. And so it was. The vinegar burned throughout the entire 24 hours. And at the evening of Shabbat, the next night, they actually used this flame for the Havdalah services. This story involves three elements. There's a miracle with oil and light. The story of Hanukkah has the same three elements. A miracle, oil, and light. We talk about miracles, there are three kinds of miracles. We discuss these three miracles in our prayer services. And they are salvations, miracles, and wonders. The difference between them are as such. A miracle is not the same as a salvation, which is not the same as a wonder. Salvation is within nature. Two opposing forces. One of them will have to prevail. And one of them does. When it prevails and helps us in accordance with our own will or what we need, we call it a salvation. In the story of Hanukkah, this is the way it was. The battle of Modin, when the Greeks went to offer a pig on the altar, a battle ensued and the Hasmoneans won this battle. This was a salvation, but it was not a miracle. The second is a miracle. A miracle is when there are two unequal forces two opposing forces where one is far greater than the next. When the small, insignificant force is the one that prevails, that we call a miracle. It is above nature. In the story of Hanukkah, this would be the war with the Greeks, that the Jews were a very insignificant, small number of people with very little power and physical strength, and they fought against a great army, and yet the Jews won. The third kind of miracle is a wonder. A wonder is not where there is two opposing forces, but rather there is just one event. And even as you go through the event, as you are experiencing it, there seems to be nothing specifically special or particularly wondrous about it. But if you were to analyze it or notice the details afterwards, you would find that this is truly a wondrous event, that there is a godly hand within it. There is a purpose that seems far greater than the nature or the natural course of events that happen. 
In the Hanukkah story, we would categorize the miracle of the finding of the oil as such. There was a desecration of the temple. Mess was everywhere. There was no oil to be found, and yet they searched, and they searched, and they searched, and they found one jug of oil. That might be a natural event. But looking closer at the way that it actually ensued, and the fact that that one small jug of oil lasted for eight days, teaches us that this was not just nature, this was actually a wonder. Something beyond, something greater than just the actual order of events, something beyond something that proved a greater purpose in it. We move on to the idea of oil, that this is one of the miracles discussed in Hanukkah. Oil saturates. If you spill oil on something, it seeps all the way through. It stains. It doesn't mix with other substances. Put oil on top of water. Take oil and mix it in with soap. Shake it. You leave it, the oil will rise above. And oil burns silently, unlike wood and other things that burn and have a flame. Oil burns without any noise. These are the natural characteristics of oil, which are also reflective in these three ideas. The ideas of above nature, within nature, and enlightened nature. The miracle of oil was not necessarily a miracle. We said that it was possible someone could say that perhaps they found a jug of oil. Perhaps we could say that it was not a necessary miracle either. It was possible for them to use defiled oil in the particular case that they were in. However, Hashem made a miracle. God made it a miracle and they found that jug of oil. The miracle was almost silent. It was unnoticeable until its purpose until it started to light the oil. And after the first day, it lasted for the second and the third, all the way following through till eight. That in itself, there was nothing grand about it. But in its purpose, we saw its greatness. The Greeks were fighting Torah Judaism. They weren't fighting Torah as a study, and they weren't fighting Judaism as a practice. They were fighting the element of God within Torah Judaism that it was God's Torah, that we were doing these mitzvahs because he had asked us to do it and it was his will. They were more than happy for us to serve Hashem through tradition, just to do things because they were interesting, wonderful, cultural events. But they were wrong. They had failed. The Jews fought this. And in turn, they proved that in Judaism... God is saturated in the everyday life. That God is within every single aspect of our mundane activities. The saturation itself is Judaism. And that that is what makes us different. That is what sets us apart. Just as oil is set apart from all other substances, what makes the Jewish people set aside or set apart from perhaps any other religious group is that the religion that God has ordained us with is one in which every single aspect of our particular mundane life is saturated with purpose, with godliness. In light, we find the same thing. Three ideas. The concept of within nature, above nature, and the illumination of nature. 
Light is technically electromagnetic energy. As many people who study physics know, there's an age-old paradox connected with light. And the question revolves around whether or not light is a particle or a wave. A wave is an emanation. It's an expression. It comes forth from a source. It is not confined. It is not measurable. We talk about a particle. A particle is sizable. It is measurable. There's a piece. Light can be measured. There are specifics with regard to light. We can measure its frequency. We can measure its strength. On the other hand, light is not containable. It is actually an emanation. On its own self, it is nothing. It rather comes from and its original source, from the sun, from a light bulb. In truth, physics explains, and Hasidus uses this as an analogy, that light has both. It is both a wave and a particle. The wave is the fact that it comes from a sun. It comes from a light bulb. It comes from a source. That it does not exist for itself. A particle is a fact that it is measurable. It is specific. There is a characteristics that it has in its within, within its nature. It is no more a particle than it is a wave. No more a wave than it is a particle. But what is its purpose? Its purpose is to illuminate. What does light do? does not add to what already exists. It rather illuminates or shows what is there. It shows us what already is in that room or what already is on that plate or what already is in this world. Therein we find the same three concepts. The concept of its nature, its specifics, its particle. The concept of its above nature, its unlimited force, its wave, its expression, its emanation. And that which is its illuminated nature, its purpose. Purpose being to show that what everything is. To give purpose and to give really not just purpose, but to show the purpose of everything around it. In the laws of kindling the menorah, we see a similarity. We find that when we talk about the actual halachot, the laws of lighting the menorah, there are laws that tell us about where we should light it. There are laws that tell us what time we should light it. And there is a discussion about whether or not any of these laws have to do with the actual vessel in which the menorah is lit. Is the mitzvah of menorah the kindling, that it should be lit, that it will light up the darkness? Or is there any significance to that which it is lit in? And if you look into the book of Shulchan Aruch, the book of Jewish law, there are specific laws designated to the height, the size, the measure, the specifics of lighting this menorah. That the menorah is symbolic, not just of lighting the outside, not just of illuminating, but also that there is a specific natural aspect to the lighting of the menorah, that it must be within this world, it must be within measure, within measurable acts. There are three levels of divine service. We can serve God in three ways. They correspond to these three ideas. The first level of serving Hashem is a natural service of Hashem. Things that we would do by nature. 
because it's the moral or ethical thing to do. Give charity. Perhaps you take one day a week, make it a day off. You'd respect your parents. There are things that we would do that are mitzvot that we would do because of its reward. Because we are told that we will have long life or we will prosper. That service of God within nature. Service of God because this is what is expected of us to do as human beings. That's level one. The second level is above nature. Above our nature. When a person decides that they're going to serve God, not because this is what is expected of them, not because this is what's moral or what's ethical, not because there is a particular reward, but that a person decides to serve God because they're being particularly pious, because they want to do this. They feel like there is something great in this. They feel like this is something that is right. They feel like this is something that gets them going, makes them feel purposeful. They don't just do things by the letter of the law. They go beyond the law, above the law. They find extra special ways to do this. When they light a menorah, they don't just light the menorah. They light it in a silver menorah. When they go out of their way to help another Jew, they don't just help another Jew as explicitly directed in the law, but they go above and beyond. This is a pious Jew. That's the second level of serving Hashem. The third level of serving God of Avodat Hashem, is when we serve him beyond nature, within nature. This is a level of self-sacrifice. When we would account for the reasons why a person would serve Hashem, would serve God in this particular case, or with this particular mitzvah, it does not add up. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't particularly impress you. You don't particularly feel for it. This is not something you're particularly motivated by or something that anyone else expects you to do. But why do you do it? You do it because there's something within. You do it because there's something greater than yourself that lies within yourself. You do it because it is an expression of your soul. This expression of your soul is something that does not have anything to do with reason or logic. This expression of your soul is connected with purpose. That you realize that even if it makes no sense, and even if you don't feel pious about it, and even if it doesn't make you feel good at all, even if you were to get no reward, but there is something greater than yourself. There is a purpose. That your soul is connected with this purpose. And that when you connect with that purpose, you are illuminating. You're shining. You are bringing out the purpose, not just within yourself, but in the world around you. This is a message of Hanukkah, the saturation, the illumination of a Jewish purpose. This is the miracle of the Jewish people, that serving Hashem is not a choice between not serving Him at all, serving Him as per the laws of nature, or only serving Him in a miraculous time. The message of Hanukkah is that when we serve God, we serve Him because this is its purpose. This is the purpose of the world. This is the purpose of ourselves. We serve God not because of what it makes us feel or what we see or its effect. We serve God because we are saturated with this sense of purpose. We are saturated with that 
that is within us and will help us go beyond ourselves. That we see within nature every single thing has a spark of godliness and that we can elevate that spark of godliness. That that spark of godliness is there for something greater. It serves a higher purpose. We do not work on most holidays, but on the holiday of Hanukkah, we do. At night, we light the menorah. We do not work for a half hour following. But for the rest of the holiday, we resume work as usual. The message of Hanukkah, this message of lighting up the darkness, is specifically lighting up a darkness. It's specifically through the mundane. It's specifically through the day-to-day regular life, that everything that you do, every act that you're involved with, every decision that you make, should be connected with that inner sense of purpose, should be connected with that wonder that is the Jewish soul. Conclusively, we're going to look at another story with Rabbi Hanina Bendosa. This story is regarding his wife. As we said before, they were very, very poor, and they didn't have money for their basic necessities. Every Friday, Rabbi Hanina's wife did not know from where she would get the money or the ingredients or the materials to make Shabbos. She was very embarrassed. So she would throw little pieces of wood and paper into her oven so that there would be smoke coming from her home too, and that none of the neighbors would know that she was not cooking for Shabbos because she didn't have that which to cook with. One day a particular neighbor came into the house and she turned to Rabbi Hanina's wife and she said to him, what are you cooking? The stage was set, there was a fire burning, there were pots and pans in the oven, but there was no food. And Rabbi Hanina Bendeis's wife turned around, pointed towards the oven, and she said, I am serving and preparing bread. And sure enough, when she went to the oven to check, there were loaves of bread there, and on the table, there was a bowl of dough. She had prepared the vessels for that miracle. She believed in the miracle. She knew that the same God that created nature and creates nature is the God that creates miracles and performs miracles. But that it was her job to find its source, to believe in its source, and to lay the groundwork for his hand. May every one of our personal needs and efforts be met with godly miracles. Ultimately, with the coming of Mashiach, may it be speedily. Have a happy Hanukkah.